Happy Easter, everyone. Jesus Christ is risen indeed. It's a, a joy and a privilege to be with you all this morning and to just spend some time thinking together about our risen Saviour. So Neil led us through Isaiah 53 on Friday up to the last three verses. And he unpacked these verses written 700 years before the birth of Jesus that so clearly predicted his death all that time beforehand. And these are a great evidence that Jesus is who he says he is. He meets every one of the predictions about his life and his death. And that's very difficult to just explain away. We have to come face to face with the reality, with Jesus as a very real saviour. So we saw by what sort of death he would die, that he was pierced, he was crushed, he was wounded, he was despised. But Isaiah 53 doesn't leave us without hope, without hope, joy and anticipation for today, for Easter. This morning, as we look at the final three verses of Isaiah 53, we're going to see past justification future glory and present intercession. And the offer is open this morning to all of us that he will make many to be accounted righteous. And the offer is freely extended from the God of heaven and earth to every one of us to participate in Jesus' victorious resurrection. So let's read together if you're in Isaiah 53 It's going to be the last three verses, verses 10 to 12. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Let's pray together before we start. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the confidence that you have given us in your promises, because what you have said has come to be fulfilled. Father, thank you for Easter. Thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for all that we can celebrate this morning, that the tomb is empty and that we have a hope and a future and an unshakable joy because Jesus is alive. We praise you, Lord. Father, thank you for this time this morning that we can spend in your word together thinking about these glorious truths. And Father, please help us to grow this morning in our faith, in our love for you. And we pray for a transformation in our lives from a greater knowledge of what the resurrection means for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So in our verses here, like I said, we're going to see past justification, future glory, and present intercession. 
So first, our past justification. Neil showed us something really important on Friday. He showed us the reason for this central event of all of history. Why is it that God's servant had to die? Here in these verses in Isaiah, 700 years before it would happen, it's made extremely clear why Jesus would die. If you want to memorize one verse that contains the whole gospel in it, I really recommend Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There, that's the entire gospel in one verse. That's such a good thing to memorize. So you see, he was pierced and crushed and wounded and despised for us. That's what we deserve for rejecting our creator and going our own ways. And as Neil unpacked for us on Friday, this is our sin nature. We are sinners by nature and choice. But the full weight and burden and punishment for our sin, for our wrongdoing against God, our turning to our own way was placed fully on Jesus at the cross. So if we come to the cross and place our faith and trust in Jesus, then he will bear our sin. That is why he died. Verse 12, he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many. Jesus' death was unlike any other death in history. He's the only one to have bore the sin of many. Because Jesus is the only one to have lived without sin, and yet he was counted among the transgressors. Jesus became sin for us so that he might bear the punishment for sin. And it wasn't an accident. It wasn't done against his will. He wasn't forced into it. No, not at all. This is the heart of Jesus that he willingly, willingly poured out his soul to death so that he would bear the sin of many. And verse 11, by, the, by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. By his knowledge, Jesus was fully consciously aware of what his death was going to accomplish. It was the plan of the whole Godhead from before time began that he's obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Remember that from Philippians 2. And this is our justification. Justification, that is to be justified, to be declared righteous or acquitted, to be without guilt before a holy God. And our justification, I called it past justification because it has a time in history, the cross of Jesus Christ. It has been done. I think perhaps the, the best words in the whole Bible, it is finished. There was a time and a place and it has been done. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That's 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writing there. 
And one of the passages that Paul would have been thinking about when he said it was in accordance with the scriptures is right here in Isaiah 53. It was made so clear by God 700 years before Jesus' birth that the servant would die but not stay dead. Verse 10, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. Verse 11, he shall see and be satisfied. Verse 12, he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Verse 12 again, he makes intercession for the transgressors. A death of being pierced and crushed and wounded and despised should sound like defeat. But it's clear that the plan always was for God's servant to overcome death with a victorious resurrection. Jesus Christ is risen indeed. And the call this morning is to participate in Jesus' resurrection. This call is for all of us. And the first part of this call is to participate in Jesus' resurrection for justification. The resurrection is so important because it is a declaration of Jesus' victory. And so it declares everyone in union with him to be righteous. So it's right to say participate in Jesus' resurrection for justification. And if you're not united with Jesus, then by faith this morning participate in the resurrection of Jesus And if you are united with Jesus, then know Ephesians 1. What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead? Know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead works in you. Let that power transform your life. So we have past justification in the resurrection and next through the atoning death and the resurrection Jesus secures future glory for himself and his people verse 11 out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied through the anguish of the cross which Jesus endured he shall live and see the fruit and the victory of his work of justification. And that fruit is, he shall see his offspring, verse 10. And that the father will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, verse 12. You see, Jesus purchases for himself a great multitude from every tribe and language And people and nation are people who have trusted in him and are justified and made his through the cross. And he will see and be satisfied. Jesus is fulfilled and satisfied in this multitude that he brings to himself and rescues forever. And he divides the spoils of his victory over death and sin with the many. He shares his portion his inheritance, his inheritance of eternal glory, eternal life, an eternal place with the Father, that he freely shares all of these things that are his with his blood-bought children. And it is his 
joy and his satisfaction to do so. It's what he longs for. So the offer this morning is to participate in the future glory with Jesus. And there really are only two eternal futures before every person. On the one hand, if we stand alone before a holy God, on the last day we will have to bear the fair judgment of our rebellion against God and our failures and our sins. Or on the other hand, if we cling to Jesus, if we participate in his resurrection, then we will also participate in his glory. What his reward is will also be ours. We will share in his authority and his unending life. And the Bible makes it clear those are the only two options. So through the resurrection, we have past justification, a future glory, and thirdly, a present intercession. The glorious reality of the resurrection is that Jesus is not dead. He is alive right now, and he is not in the grave. He's at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so he is present for us. Jesus didn't just complete justification, guarantee us an eternal future, and then go to heaven to take a break, to have a holiday and put his feet up. That's not what it's like at all. Verse 12, he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Jesus makes intercession for his people. Intercession means a mediator or an advocate between us and the Father, that he's 100% on our side. And there's three things I want to pull out that it means that we have Jesus as an intercessor for us, that we are secure, sustained, and summoned. Firstly, secure. Our salvation is secure. Because of our union with Jesus, that we're united with him, it means that he always stands in our place before the Father. So the foundation that is found in Jesus is, yes, rooted in his death and resurrection. When I said it has a time and a place in history. But also it is actively ongoing forever. His risen life in the presence of the throne of God is like a constant living witness to the reality of our justification. Ephesians chapter 2 goes as far as saying that we have already been seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. That's how tightly connected Jesus is with his people in union with them. And this ongoing reality is why even though we struggle and we're not yet made perfect and we still sin and yet we have a hope because we have an intercessor. 1 John 2.1 If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus actively pleads his own righteousness on our behalf. And as surely as Christ pleads for us, we will be forgiven. So let this fill you with confidence. Second, sustained. Jesus sustains us. 
Our intercessor helps us in our weakness to continue holding on in faith to him. And we know this because this is the way that Jesus often prayed for his people in his time on earth. Like in Luke 22, when Jesus says to Peter, Behold, Satan, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus will not let your faith fail because it is Jesus who holds on to you, not you who holds on to Jesus. It is because Jesus is alive and interceding for us even right now that we can feel the truth of Psalm 46, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You can call on God in any situation because of Jesus. He is a very present help. Jesus can sustain you in your faith. Jesus can sustain you as you live this life. So let this fill you with confidence. And thirdly, summoned. To be honest, I chose that because it's alliteration. (laughs) But what I mean by this, summoned, I mean that we are always able to approach the throne of God. Though actually we're welcome to come and we're able to come with complete confidence because we have an intercessor who stands there on our behalf who is 100% for us. Hebrews 7.25 puts it like this. He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. When we approach the throne of God, our life is hidden in Christ. So it's not our works that are seen, because then we would have no hope at all of coming, but we come hidden in Jesus' perfect righteousness. And did you notice there in Hebrews 7, that it says those who draw near to God through Jesus are those who are saved to the uttermost. So we are actually expected to draw near to God. A desire to draw near is the evidence that you are a Christian. And if there is that desire, then there is good news for us that there is a way through the only mediator, Jesus Christ who continues forever interceding for us, making a way for us to approach a holy God who we would have no hope of approaching on our own merits. So Jesus makes intercession for the transgressors. And we are secure, sustained, and summoned. That means even when we're feeling weak, tired, worn down, broken, unworthy, even when we've sinned and we know it, or we have sinned and we don't yet know it, at any time, day or night, in good times, bad times, you can freely come to a gentle and loving saviour. If you are his, he is for you. He counts you as his child. He's ready and waiting for you to draw near and know him, to participate in his resurrection. Jesus lives and he makes intercession for you. Jesus is your advocate. Let this fill you 
with confidence. So let me finish with this. That you cannot justify yourself before God. You cannot guarantee your own eternity and you have no hope of approaching a holy God without an intercessor. Those are like my points, but the opposite. So the message for us this morning is participate fully in the glorious resurrection of Jesus, the past justification, the future glory, and the present intercession. Draw near to God through Jesus Christ with the help of the Spirit. And we need the resurrection. We need the resurrection every single day. We need to let the truth and power of the resurrection shape every aspect of every day of our lives. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the good news of the empty tomb which we are celebrating this morning. Thank you, Father, for everything that the resurrection means for us, for our past justification, our future glory and present intercession. Thank you that you transform every part of our lives and help us to remember the power of the resurrection every day and help us to boldly come to you and participate in the resurrection. Father, we long to know you more and to live for you. So please help us in this by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.